Good morning. Can you hear me? Awesome. Thank you, worship team. I'd just like to wish you a warm welcome this morning. For those who don't know me, my name is Levi McGee, and um, I've been a member of this church probably for the last three years, and um, it's a great church. I love it. You guys are awesome. So, um, yeah, let's just crack into it. Eh? I'm excited this morning. Who's excited? Awesome. So I'd just like to start off in prayer, and we'll crack into it. Heavenly Father, we just come before your throne right now, Lord. I just ask for grace to share your heart this morning, Father. Holy Spirit, would you speak through me, Father, your words, not mine. I pray for each one here, Lord, that you'd open their heart to your word, Father, that they'll receive it with meekness, Father, that it would encourage them, that it would invoke change in their lives, Father, that ultimately they could come to a greater understanding and greater knowledge of your love and goodness. I pray this in your mighty, precious name. Amen. Awesome. So this morning, uh, I'm just going to share something that ties into my message. Um, it's quite personal to me. Um, some of you from my home group may have heard it already. But, you know, when God touches your life, you never forget it. When God does something so deep in you, it never leaves you. And I'm going to talk about an experience I had with God a few years ago. See, our God is a good God. He's a loving God. But you know what? For many years, I never really understood what that meant. I went through my Christian walk for years thinking, you know, okay, God is a God of love. Yes, I go to church. I hear the messages, but I don't really get it. I look at the people on the worship team, and I could see that they were having an experience. And I looked at myself and thought, well, am I not good enough? How many of us have been in that boat? You know, I had the privilege of being raised in a Christian home. My mum would take me to church most Sundays. My nana would take me to church on Sundays, and it had a profound effect on my life. And I'm so thankful for this day, for their faithfulness. You know, growing up as a young Christian boy, I believe I gave my heart to the Lord at age six. Um, I, I prayed the prayer. I prayed it many times. But inside I was like, is this it? I didn't feel what other people said they had felt with God. You know, some people say they had an experience and they could feel the presence of God. And I would sit there thinking, well, why am I not feeling it? I remember at church one day, the pastor come up to me after the surf and said, well, that was an amazing service. Did you feel the Spirit of God this morning? And I sat there and I thought, I didn't. Again, these feelings of condemnation, am I not good enough, started to well up inside of me. And I started to get a little bit confused. I think to myself, well, maybe one day in the near future I'll get to know God. When I'm old, maybe I'll be good enough for God. I'll understand more. Maybe I'll have heard a million sermons. I'll get to understand what God really is, what his love really means to me. But then God stepped in and changed my life forever. Isn't it amazing, church, that God does not leave you helplessness. He comes to you. See, when I was 16 years old, a man came from next door named Michael Heinemann. Such an amazing man. And he was sitting at the dinner table. I can remember it as clear as day. I was sitting there. He was sitting there talking to me about the things of God in, in a way that I'd never heard before. And it was like every word he was saying, it was tangible. I could feel the words going directly into my spirit. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. This is something totally new. I've never heard this before. And a scripture came to mind in the book of Psalms, and it says, the entrance of your word brings light. It brings understanding. And it was like I had a light bulb moment. I was like, wow. This guy truly knows God. He's truly had an experience of God, and I want that. 
it kind of stirred up this hunger in me. I thought, this is so amazing. I, I get it now. All these years I've been struggling. And I was like, yes, I have found it. So I began to share about the love of God and what it meant to be saved. And I was like, man, can we talk about this tomorrow? So the next day after school, got off the school bus, went down to his house, and in his dialysis room, I would sit there, and he would share the goodness of God to me. I stuff up, I felt really bad, felt really heavy. I carried these feelings for many years, and as soon as he had shared the love of God and God's goodness, it's like the chains were broken. There was a weight that lifted off me. I realized it wasn't about performing. It wasn't about how much I served on the music team or how much I did this in kids' church. It was about God's unconditional love. It wasn't about what I could do for him. It was about what he had already done for us on the cross. And it changed my life forever. And he would often quote scriptures such as, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. You know, we hear these stories of people that aren't in the church think that God's angry. He wants to smite you when you stuff up. You know, I used to think kind of like that. I have to be the best. I have to do everything possible. I can't stuff it up. But that's where God's grace steps in. You know, I think about school, my school years. I was often called the goody good kid. Um, and I didn't really like it, to be honest. But you know what? I didn't really care because I knew that God loved me. And I remember at school being such a goody good that kids around school would try to bet us 20 bucks so we could swear. <laughs> and it never worked. Oh, amen. Never worked. Never. <laughs> but in light of that, you know, I want to share with you the love of God this morning. I want to talk about how the love of God has impacted me, and I pray it will impact you guys. Amen? Awesome, guys. So when I think about the gospel, I think about the cross. I think of the greatest love story that was ever told. See, it's not about an Easter story we hear of once a year, about Easter eggs and all these other things. It's not about the, the Christmas story we hear about a, a man coming down your chimney. It was about the man who became red, because of that blood that he shed, so we can have life, so we can have a relationship with him. See, to me, that is true love. You cannot separate love from God because God is love. Everything God does is motivated out of love. I want to start off with a scripture in John 3, verse 16. And over the years, this scripture has mean a lot more to me as I've begun to understand what it really means to my life as a Christian. So John 3.16. And it says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave. What is love? You know, we talk about the scripture many times in church, but we, do we truly grasp, do we truly understand what it means? For God so loved the world, he gave. You know, I didn't understand the message of the cross for a long time. But when I realized that it was about God sacrificing his son for us, that we could come into this relationship with him, it changed my life forever. See, in Genesis, it talks about the fall of man, how man sinned. And it kind of separated man from God. But God made a way. And if you read it right through the Bible, he made a way for us to come back to him. He sent his son Jesus into a form of man. He lived a sinless life, a pure life. He gave his life for us on the cross. It cost God everything. You know, I think of him sometimes 
on the cross, blood dripping down his face. The Bible said he was unrecognizable. He took, took upon him our sin. He took upon him our shame so we could become free. Isn't it amazing? You know, when I think about the love of God, it can be so overwhelming. Sometimes I've sat there and thought about the love of God and come to tears to think, well, why would God do that for me? It's because he loves this church. He loves each one of you here. He died for each one of you sitting right here today because he loves you. You know, in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. See, the greatest expression of love is giving. It was love that created the universe. It was love that held Jesus to the cross. One cross plus three nails equals forgiven. I love it. The word love used in John 3.16 is derived from the Greek word agape. I love it. There's many different words in the Greek for love, but this word agape is the highest form of love. So when the word agape is used in the Bible, it refers to a pure, willful, sacrificial love that intentionally desires another's highest good. It is the highest form of love. Doesn't that make you think of Jesus? He gave his life for all of us. He didn't come to live on his own accord. He says, I do not come to do my will, but that of the Father who sent me. He was selfless. And the Bible says, greater love does no man have than this, but who he lays down his life for his friends. And I think about that. What does that mean for me today in the 21st century? How do I lay down my life for my friends, for the people around me? How do I walk in such a way that they see something different in me? You know, we struggle today with, um, obviously, the world conceptions about Christianity. It's hard to speak up about Christianity now because you're often... Uh, mocked at you off people think that you're stupid but you know what if we truly believe in the god that we say we believe in if we truly have a relationship right what have we got to lose if god is for us who can be against us see this life isn't about us it's all about jesus and there's a cost to being a christian but it's worth it if anyone tells you that being a christian is easy they're lying Jesus said, if any man wants to come after me, he must first deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. See, it's the end of self that is the beginning of God. We have to lay down our life. But how can we lay down our life if we truly don't have a relationship with God? See, we can only give out from what we have received from. We must spend time with God. We must spend time seeking his face. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. I'd like to read a scripture in John, 1 John verse 4, chapter 4, verse 7 to 11. And it says this. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. 
In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now think about that. So it's the God kind of love that separates us from the world. And Jesus sent an example for us for how we can walk in this love. See, love should be the life force of the Christian. Everything we do should be motivated by love. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, Our life is a living epistle that has been written and read among by our fellow men. What story are we portraying? When people look at us, what do they see? I remember hearing a story about a man that was so filled with God's love that no matter where he went, people would get saved because he just oozed the love of God. Eventually this man was arrested for preaching the gospel and people were still being saved in the jail. So they ended up beating him. But it didn't change. More love oozed out of him. They would then cut his tongue off so he couldn't preach. But the love of God still oozed out of his eyeballs. When people would look in them, they would see the love of God and be convicted. Eventually they put his eyeballs out, but he still oozed the love of God. Isn't that amazing? Eventually they put him to death. And I think about that for myself. What is oozing out of me when I'm squeezed by the things of life, the things that are going on around me? What is coming out of me? So your heart is a container, and what you fill it with, people will begin to see. The Bible says it is Christ in us that is the hope of glory. See, we're called to represent Jesus. We're here to make God seen and known. It's by his love. It's his love that changes everything. You know, just going back to what Mike had shared in my life at a young age, I thought about, you know, he had to step out of his comfort zone and share God's love. See, we're all here for a reason. We've all, all of us have heard the gospel message from someone. Someone had to step out of the comfort zone and share it with us. And I think for myself, do I do this to other people? I come to church, I hear great messages, I listen to a lot of sermons. But how much do I actually share out of my life of what God's done? See, I think your testimony is so important because it's so real to you what God has done. It stays with you forever. And when you share these things to other people, they can see that it's true. They can see the truth in your eyes. They can see the effect it has on your emotions when you're talking. They can see the dark places you've come from and where you've been delivered to. And they say, well, how is this possible? And you say, my God. Amen. See, when Jesus hung on the cross, he could have called down legions of angels. When people were spitting on him, when they were mocking him, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He hanging on that cross for each one of us today. See, our attitudes and motives are so important and how we respond in situations. I talked about a few months ago about storms of life and that no matter, we can go through the hardest of trials, the hardest of situations, but it's not about the situation. It's about who God is in you, that God wants to shine through you, that there's no bad days in Christ, but there's only opportunities to shine, to ooze his love. 
but that can only come from a relationship with him. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is the Apostle Paul. For those who haven't um, read too much of the epistles, I'll just give you a quick um, breakdown of the Apostle Paul. So obviously the Apostle Paul, he was persecuting the church. You know, he was killing people in the church. He was leading them out. And he had an encounter with God that changed his life. He was knocked off his horse and radically transformed. I'm just going to read a scripture from Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39. says this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, people can take our money off us. They can take our houses off us. They can strip us of everything we have, but they cannot strip us from the love of God. In the word of God, Jesus promises that he will never leave nor forsake us. He is always there with us. He is a loving father. And the Bible says, while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's why I think surrender is so important in our lives. What are we focusing on? What occupies our time? You know, what you focus on, you will become. You are what you behold. And in my life, I've had my struggles, and I'm not, I'm not there yet. I don't claim to know everything. But the one thing I do know is that God loves me. And that even though I may stuff things up, as long as I come repent to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I've, I need your forgiveness, I need your strength, he's always there for me. You know, we're not called to walk this walk alone. And it's hard at times. Sometimes everything in you is saying, you can't do this. Sometimes you might have to get up and do something that God's just doing. You don't feel it. Everything in you is saying, don't do it. But you know that it's not about what you feel. It's about what God says. I'd just like to call the music team up. Thank you. I'm going to read a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Amazing scripture. It's the love chapter. And it says this, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but if not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but if not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but if not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. 
Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. For when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. See, there's nothing more important than God's love. And I want to encourage each and every one of you today that God loves you more than you can ever imagine. He loves you so, so much. He gave everything so you could have a relationship with him. For some of us, we may not know Jesus today. See, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart, but the handle is on the inside. We must choose to open and let him come in. So in closing of this message, there's a couple of points I'd like to remember. God loves you. Never question his love for you. The value of the cross shows the value of love he has for you. He gave his son. He says, you are worthy of my love. Number two, God's love is unconditional. You cannot earn it. It's a free gift. Just receive it. And lastly, when you experience and receive God's amazing love, transformation begins to happen in your heart. You're no longer the same person you were. You no longer have the same desires. You have desires for the kingdom of God. You are filled with his love. And everywhere you go, you share his goodness and his love just oozes from your heart. So I'd just like to pray for us before we close. Father God, we just want to thank you for your amazing love. And Father, there may be people here today struggling to understand your love, to understand the message of the gospel. But I pray, Father, by your spirit, you would give them the light bulb moment. You would show them what your love means to them. You would show them that they are not worthless, but you see them worthy through your love. And Father, may we all be encouraged to take up our cross, to follow you, to be an example of what a true believer is to the world and that your love would be manifest through all that we do. Father, we just pray this in your mighty name. Amen.